Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Square Circle Podcast. And if you love listening to this podcast and want to consider making your own podcast, just download the Anchor app. Anchor allows you to make any type of podcast you want all in one place, all for your convenience. You might think that this has some strings attached. It does not. So let me explain what Anchor can do for you. It is currently free. Well, it's probably always going to be free. There's creation tools within Anchor that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. How easy is that? And then Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard on Spotify Apple, and all major podcast programs. And you could also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It has everything you need in one place. Now all I need you guys to do is to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows. And on this episode of the Square Circle Podcast, I will only be covering AEW Dark that debuted on May 12th with its explosive matches. But before that, I want to give a shout out to people over on the wrestling Twitter side. Now, wrestling Twitter usually never gets along. And on past episodes, I will complain about some of the hot takes, if you will, about what people think on wrestling and all that. And I usually say that sometimes these fans don't know what they're talking about. However, I made awesome connections. I've made awesome friends. And I just want to The first shout out goes to Ringsiders. They are amazing and they're very supportive. You could also join their Discord too. Just go on Twitter. Their Twitter handle is at RingsidersPod. They are cool and supportive too. We've talked briefly on Twitter and they're also supportive in me and what I do with this podcast. Also, I want to give a shout out to all the people that have ever retweeted me, liked my comments, and even conversated with me over on the Twitter side. I'm thinking that this this might be a reoccurring thing that I might shout out people only because the more promotion I give to others, maybe I'll get something in return. Who knows? But um, this is just a first. I just felt really connected and well-loved by these two particular accounts on my Twitter feed. So just wanted to put it out there. Wrestling Twitter is not all bad. It's just that we have some toxicity in there. And sometimes it's really Also, guys, I have a wrestling newsletter called the Square Circle Podcast, and that wrestling newsletter is dedicated to reviewing independent wrestling companies such as Titan Championship Wrestling, Bronx Wrestling Federation, and any other wrestling organization that I go to within the United States and talk about it. My huge passion is professional wrestling. You guys know this, and definitely the indies. I highly support indie wrestler JD Alpha, non-existent. Luckily, we still have AEW and WWE still going and all the rest of the organizations as well. But traveling wise, I (laughs) 
but luckily we still have AEW and WWE still going and all the rest of the organizations as well. But traveling wise, but traveling wise, nothing has come up. Anyway, my whole goal for this podcast and the wrestling newsletter is to give a spotlight to young professional wrestling athletes. And just want to help them out in that regard. That's why I created the wrestling newsletter. And if you guys are interested in reading back, you guys can definitely sign up at squaredcirclepodcast.com. In the future, I'm thinking of adding a subscription-based tier, meaning there's only going to be two levels. There's going to be a $5 level, and there's going to be a $60 level. The $5 level is every month. The $60 level is every year. Simple. I don't want to go the Patreon route because Patreon is now starting to charge tax for whatever tier you sign up for, and I think that's wrong. You guys should just pay a flat fee for the amount of work that you're getting or the amount of perks that you're getting tweet about this since i'm conflicted and if you want to go check that out you can definitely go to my twitter handle at marie underscore shadows and read it there and that's about it that's all of my that's all of my plugs for now i know you guys want to hear how aw dark went and how my thoughts are so let's just jump right into it AEW Dark opens up with Sean Dean versus Colt Cabana. Sort of him live on watching him YouTube? live on just YouTube? for the sake of this episode. Just for the sake of YouTube TV show. It's a YouTube. Just for the sake of this episode, it's a YouTube TV show. The match starts with a uh, Colt doing a single leg takedown and locking up the legs until Dean can crawl his way to the ropes for a rope break. Cabana has the wrist control over on Dean, but then Dean breaks out of it, and then Dean does a drop kick to Colt, and then Dean starts hitting Colt with close fists. But um, I guess if you want to say it that way, and then jumps into the Superman pin that allows Carl Cabana to pick up the victory. He is the captain, the Navy. Uh, that's cool, but how, uh, that's cool, but how does that incorporate into your character to make me want to cheer for you? Can leave you in limbo between getting over and not getting over. Sometimes there's a lot of guys in the business who will just have a straight up plain name, but then have a subtitle to go with that name. This is not a knock to Sean Dean or anyone else that I talk about. Remember, I break down certain stuff so that way there could be more psychology to how you present your character. It's not a knock on anyone. Don't turn it into anything else. Just hear me out. Sean Dean is known as the captain because he has a background in being in the Navy. Cool. 
what experiences from the Navy can you bring into your character so that way when you do come out and have your entrance and have your matches, what experiences can you bring with you so that way I could remember you? I don't necessarily remember Sean Dean as well as I do with other locals that have entered in AEW. Again, not a knock, just pointing out character. Sean Dean might be your favorite, and that's cool. I still want to see more from this character that calls himself the captain. And if you want to label yourself as the captain, it can go one of two ways. One, you could definitely stick with a Navy background and have like a Navy-esque type of entrance and moves and anything else. Or two, you could be the captain as in you always command the ring. You always command the moves. If someone has you in a wrist lock, you know how to get out of it and put them in a, in a hold as well. There's a lot of ways to go with this character. And this is just for character development. I'm just throwing it out there again. Nothing against these guys who look like they have ordinary characters and don't know what to do with them. And I know they're young and they're starting out, but when you want to become a wrestler, you have to think about all this stuff put together, how to package it, and how to show it to the world. And this is why I do what I do. Our second match is Mike Reed and Ryan Rembrandt. This is a first-time tag team that they just put together versus Jurassic Express. You have Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus teaming up. I do sort of remember Mike Reed in the beginning. Don't remember what he was doing, but we'll just leave it as that. When you want to choose a very heavy name like Rembrandt, you, you better be prepared for the... was. So Rembrandt is a Dutch painter. He's known for visual arts. And if you really, really want to take on a persona like that with deep-rooted history in the arts, you're going to have to look the part. I'm not saying for Ryan Rembrandt to come out with a painter's... artwork of your moves and stuff like that like it's a very heavy name and if you're just gonna come out with shorts and your wrestling boots and stuff like how is that gonna make me want to see what kind of when i heard the name i knew that rembrandt dealt in the arts and that he's a painter so you know why would you choose such a name like that like how can you back it up Name choosing is very important too. Sometimes people don't have control over the wrestling names that they create, but someone that picked Ryan Rembrandt, that could definitely be a gimmick. We definitely don't see that. So here are my notes for this match. Jungle Boy with a dropkick to Mike Reed. Luchasaurus with a big boot to Rembrandt. Luchasaurus throws Rembrandt to Jungle Boy. Therefore, Jungle Boy puts Rembrandt in a wheelbarrow that Luchasaurus comes in with his tail whip attack. Right off the bat, in the beginning of the match, we have Jurassic Express automatically taking out the team of Mike Reed and Ryan Rembrandt. After that tail whip, Jungle Boy does a face buster to Rembrandt, which makes it a combo. Tope Suicidas to Mike Reed and Rembrandt. Then a Tope. Then.
Rembrandt's face into the mat, re-getting the upper hand on Jungle Boy. This is when Mike Reed and Ryan Rembrandt get some offense in because the beginning of the match was just Jurassic Express beating them up. Rembrandt the comes in to I break up the pin. However, there is an assistant this cutter match from Jurassic Express after Reed to pick up the victory. Is done and we Therefore, get back Jurassic to Express whatever you would consider the Whatever one thing you would I consider normal to notice and felt during the match Express was at the bar of after this whole we quarantine is done and we get back to and I think that's how like every match you is gonna consider, go. But it really felt Whatever like you would these consider guys normal to be professional wrestling and they just Jurassic Express set the bar of we miss professional there was also wrestling thing too. And I think if that's you guys how, like, have been watching go. the but it really BTE felt like episode, these guys they have professional been doing after this whole quarantine is done and we get back to Jurassic Express set the bar of we miss professional wrestling. And I think that's how like every match is going to go. But it really felt like these guys missed professional wrestling and they just wanted to wrestle. There was also another thing too with uh, Luchasaurus about losing his tail. We don't know if he found his tail for him to be in this match. So did Lucha we don't know if he found his tail for him to be in this match. So did Luchasaurus find his tail and I know nothing of this? But for Kayfabe's sake, I think that Luchasaurus still has not found his tail, even though he reunited with Super Panda. Our next match is Lee Johnson and Musa versus Private Party. I Honestly, Miss Private Party. Again, with character development and their stuff. Again, not a knock to them, not a knock to any of these local guys. It's a matter of just listening and taking in the information and using what you would consider to be helpful. I did notice that with Musa, they changed his music entrance from a rap song to a rock song. And I'm like, there's something missing here. Like, you don't come out to a rock song without looking the part, if you know what I mean. Like, you wouldn't want a hip hop head to come out to a death metal song because it's gonna be like, You've been coming out to hip hop for two months and then all of a sudden you have a abrupt change with no character change on top of that. You come out the same way, but you come out to a death metal song. How does that make sense? It's not like when they changed Seth Rollins theme song to make him more majestic and be the Messiah that he is. Like I know people were like, why did they change his theme song? And, you know, his theme song doesn't fit now. And they like, you know, who made this music? But if you guys look really, really deep down, the change that Rollins was going through to become this messiah, to become this Jesus-esque character, it had a change. It's not the best sound, but it had a change. So that way, you know that this character coming out is a messiah. If he came down, if he came out to burn it down while he's being the Messiah, it just doesn't work. 
unless he wants to be changed into a Johnson and Isaiah are very weird in Quinn with the Manhattan drop on Johnson for Isaiah to hit an Insiguri. Sweep of the leg, Isaiah with a camel clutch, then Quinn runs to the ropes, bounces off, jumps, does a... Musa tries of an attack, private party sidesteps, Isaiah drops down for Quinn to run up and leap off of Isaiah's back for an, a double drop kick to Musa. Lee Johnson leaps over the top rope to land on Quinn, private party slows down for now, meaning that Lee Johnson and Musa got some offense in, therefore the match slowed down. Isaiah comes in with some offense and then Private Party creating innovative offense. And then at the end, Quinn hits his shooting star press. Bam, one, two, three. Private Party picks up the win. The only critique about this match that I have is that Private Party needed to slow down. And I'm going to say it here. I four, understand five, that six, six more AEW matches Dark talk about, is an hour long on YouTube. I understand and that, that every match has AEW a certain Dark amount of time is limit. An hour long so on YouTube. It. Not and that every, every match has a certain amount of time limit. That'd be way totally too. Not every long nine match like can be twenty minutes and then long. It won't be way too. However, long when you are and then it won't be right. X amount of time. However, however, when you are told you have X amount of time. There's the one consistent rule in the business, especially in matches, that veterans would tell you, slow it down. This match was going way too fast. Obviously, I couldn't write down all the notes, but it was going way too fast, and some of the stuff looked sloppy, and some of the stuff looked like, you know, if they couldn't hit that spot, let's go to this spot automatically. It's okay. Slow it down. If you do less moves, it tends to look better. If you do more moves and be in hyper mode, the story and the psychology of the moves gets lost in translation. So just remember that. Like, it was going a little too fast. It did feel, again, like obviously, private party miss wrestling. Everybody is missing wrestling. And the moment that people come back into the square circle, it feels like I got to hit all my moves. I got to hit all my spots. I got to put all my stuff front and center for people to remember me. Like you guys don't need to do that. Slow it down. Have fun. Less is more in professional wrestling. This is how the match went. Crew starting off with chain wrestling. Preston uses his power to push Cruz to the mat. Preston collides into steel steps. Then there's that powerful spine buster that Preston does to Cruz. And then Preston picks up the victory against Cruz. Brody Lee comes out and starts clapping.
Preston picks up the victory against Cruz. Brody Lee comes out and starts clapping. There's not much to really comment on that. It was just an okay, quick match. And now we get to Ray Phoenix versus Alan Angels. Alan Angels has really showed his character in the ring and the psychology that he can put forth in the ring all by facing Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega makes stars. So does Ray Phoenix. And everybody on my Twitter timeline, which you guys can follow me at Marie underscore shadows, was talking nonstop about Alan Angels. Alan Angels, I honestly don't know much about this guy. But from what I've seen when he wrestled Kenny Omega, I knew that he will be a good fit for AEW if AEW ever wanted to sign him, only because he will work well with the AEW group. To me, when I was watching it, I do not know if Alan Angels has ever faced any other luchador before, but he looked like he has, and he has prepared himself to fight against another luchador just because of his moveset and how fast he was matching up with Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix is speed, agility, and trickiness, which I believe I made up that word. And Alan Angels was able to either counter some of that or give in some offense that would stun Ray Phoenix, but then Ray Phoenix would automatically counter right back. It was a really good back and forth momentum. It showed that Alan Angels can also hang with the luchador style and also hang with, which I don't even know what we would call it, but we're going to call it the Kenny Omega style for now. I haven't thought of anything else. They start off with chain wrestling. Phoenix with a roll through to have Allen break the side headlock. Angels catches Phoenix in a wheelbarrow, picks him up only to have Phoenix roll through that, goes to the ropes to bounce off. Angels catches Phoenix in a small package for a two count. Angels pushes Phoenix into the ropes looking for an O'Connor roll, counters into a pin for a two count. Then Phoenix jumps onto the second rope, springboards back. Angels gets up as if like he's going to do an attack. However, this is where what's super cool, super inventive. What's super cool, super only inventive. Only someone like Ray Phoenix can pull that only out. Only someone like Ray Phoenix can pull that out. Ray Phoenix is an unorthodox. Ray Phoenix is an unorthodox wrestler. And I would definitely love to see his singles career bloom. And I know that they're probably going to do that sometime later in the future. But for right now, Phoenix then puts amazing. a sleeper on Angels, then rearranges Angels. Phoenix then puts and a sleeper on Angels. Them on the side of the neck, then Ray rearranges Angels, Angels and before going for an elbow drop. Ray Phoenix stretches Angels, Angels for going for an elbow drop, launching double back. duck. Missile launching angels, angels get off launching double drop kick, powerbomb pin. Phoenix kicks out Angel's knee, having him to fall onto the apron. And then Phoenix tries for another move, but Angels counters it with a clothesline, bringing Phoenix's spine down into the apron. Which brings only a two count for. Angels and then Phoenix does a spinning muscle buster to Angels to pick up the win. One, two, three. Ray Phoenix wins that match. That was a really good match. It showed Angels' charisma and his heart and his grit to 
to show that to show that he can hang with one of the best and it definitely paid off. Our next match is a women's match. It is Danny Jordan, the Mean Girl versus Chris Statlander. This match could have been way better. I have heard of Danny Jordan. I have seen clips and highlights here and there on my Twitter feed. People are a fan of her. She has the moniker of the Mean Girl. She has the binder. She does everything for her character. However, it just doesn't get over because if you're truly the mean girl, the way that the match should have went down was that Chris Statlander is the alien of AEW and she felt more like a mean girl than Danny did. And I put in my notes that it was an M match. The only notes I have is that there was a roll into a drop kick that was from Danny to Chris. I thought that was pretty cool. And then Chris comes in with a running drop kick, does the big bang theory, bam, one, two, three. Chris picks up the victory. But there wasn't much showing or character. I need to see more of her. And maybe she's just better on the indies to develop her mean girl character. You know, there's this thing on wrestling Twitter that one company cannot have all the wrestlers in the world. I know you guys might want to counter that with, but WWE has signed almost every major New Japan Pro Wrestling, Ring of Honor Wrestling. Somebody might want to counter that with, but WWE has signed talent from New Japan Pro Wrestling, signed talent for Ring of Honor Wrestling, signed talent from TNA Wrestling. And my response to that is, while that is 100% true, where are they now? What are they doing with them? WWE doesn't know how to use those characters. They don't know how to write someone else's character to shine through, to show the fans why such wrestler was signed. So. For you to want AEW to sign every single female wrestler there is, they can't do that. Obviously, AEW has a very good solid foundation for their female wrestlers, meaning that the ones that they signed can hold their own in the ring. However, the lack of time and development is what's against them. That's the only reason why sometimes the women wrestling doesn't come across as smooth as the men's wrestling. I would love to see an AEW dark where it's all women and where it's at least 15 minutes long to see how they can go. Because if you're giving the women short amount of times, like five minutes, six minutes, maybe 10 minutes, depending on who you have, they might have chemistry. But if two people have never fought each other at all, it may not come out as good. And that's what happens sometimes. If these women are not training together, as they would do in stardom then the chemistry is not there and then the fans are going to be like oh aew you made so many promises you haven't kept any promises we want to see the women the women suck and i just say a bunch of stupid shit having these women train together go to the gym together spa together like be in the ring and do drills together
the men, then it's going to suffer. And this is what this match did. It, it suffered. And no, I don't think that AEW should sign Danny Jordan. AEW is not about always trying to figure out your character for you. There are certain wrestlers in AEW that it worked out for when Jericho told Darby to always ride his skateboard down to the ring. That worked out. It's just the little things, you know. Again, one company shouldn't have all the wrestlers because then they're going to just sit in the back and not be on the show, and then it's going to be the same cycle repeated and repeated. Let these indie stars gain some experience, and then maybe somewhere down the line, a company will be interested and be like, hey, we want to work with you, rather than being like, hey, sign this person, sign this person, sign that person. Sometimes when you think someone is good, and you sign them and then they under deliver, you know, just think about it that way. Think about it as a business aspect and think about it more as a business aspect about how can they help AEW grow rather than just a fan aspect because you want to see them on TV rather than trying to support your local indie wrestling federation when the wrestler that you want signed by a big company is there. I'm just saying. I, I was knew like, I recognized Jason Kane. He, he showed up. I was in like, I know that guy. A couple of he was, episodes of he Being the Elite, in, I guess, and um, he showed up in a couple of episodes of Being the Elite, I guess, and um, on Orange Cassidy is part of uh, Best Friends. I put for my notes, fun match. Cade with a jumpy knee strike to Orange Cassidy that just knocks him out. And then Orange Cassidy pins him with this weird tie-up pin. It might have been like a double underhook. Orange Cassidy picks up the win. I don't know how to notate Orange Cassidy matches. So if Orange Cassidy has more matches in the future, I don't know how my notation will be. Because I don't really know what to write. I'm just going to be like, Orange Cassidy with hands in pocket, does a hip toss. What? How does a person do that without using their hands? You know, so even me saying it out loud, Orange Cassidy with hands in pocket does a hip toss to his opponent sounds really really weird and even my head is like but that's about it it was a fun match our next match is dr Britt baker versus skylar moore i am enjoying Britt baker's role as a role model and as a heel it is very great it's refreshing it's like she came into her own and i appreciate that when they first started the whole heel angle for Britt Baker, it just wasn't catching on. But then when she finally came into it and believed it, it worked. It really worked. And this is the prime example of taking an actual experience in your background because she is a dentist. I hope you guys know that. She is a DMD. 
so she takes it and she uses it as her character. In the beginning episodes of the Square Circle podcast, I kind of questioned it because she was a baby face and sometimes it didn't like go over very well. But I questioned it only because of what happens after you're done with the quote unquote doctor gimmick, even though it's not a gimmick, but for the sake of professional wrestling and, and for the sake of kayfabe and gimmicks. What happens after your dentist gimmick is done? What other character can you give us? Luckily, right now, it's going great. So she would have to stay with this heel dentist for a while. But at the time, it was like, what else can you show me? Because I'm not grabbing onto the dentist thing, but now I am. But you understand that sometimes when you start out with a gimmick, you do have to be 100% committed to make it work. It doesn't work and they don't know how to rebound from it or they don't know how to take it into a different direction. Don't try to trash the gimmick altogether if you know that there's certain people that like the sliver of good in that gimmick that you deemed that was bad. Take it from there, see where it goes, turn it around, and you might end up being on top. Brit playing up the heel role model, which I thoroughly enjoy. And after all of that, Skyler tries to get in some offense. But Britt stops her to do the spinning fisherman neckbreaker to Skylar. And then Britt does the locked jaw, her finisher, to pick up the win. Simple, but Britt stops her to do the spinning fisherman neckbreaker to Skylar. And then Britt does the locked jaw, her finisher, to pick up the win. The team of Jimmy Havoc. Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford work really well together. They are team super bad and it just really works. Jimmy with offense, Luther with some chops. Jimmy bites Luther's hand. Jimmy works on Luther's elbow and arm. Jimmy uses a chair against Luther. There's a leaping senton from Luther to Jimmy and Sabian. Luther with a big boot. Luther sets up a chair, then hip toss. Jimmy onto the chair. Jimmy is going to have his career cut short. That, like, that hits nerves and spines. These guys think it's more to combat. That's what they think. It's more to combat out here. Luther lays Jimmy on some chairs. Then he jumps from the ropes onto Jimmy. Kip distracts Luther. Jimmy does a hurricanrana to Luther, which he overshoots the chairs. A diving stomp onto chairs onto Luther. A double arm suplex onto stage from Luther to Jimmy. And Ford decides to get into this match by throwing a warden to Luther's face. This allows 
Kip to throw a chair into Luther for Jimmy to do a fish hook DDT as his finisher and pick up the win. One, two, three. Jimmy Havoc wins. And that's the end of that match. And the notebook that I used to write all my AEW notes in is completely done. And luckily, I have more to spare. And I will be writing AEW Dynamite in my new notebook because I love what I do. And I love that I could break down matches and have some type of work to reference when I talk about professional wrestling. And it's not just you hearing a female voice that just wants to ooze and oz over the bodies of men. No, I know what I'm talking about. I love what I talk about. And it's a sport to me and it's art to me. Professional wrestling is definitely art and a sport to me. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up my whole entire take of AEW Dark. If you happen to get offended or upset with me over my thoughts on how I break down characters or talk about characters or just offer a little bit of help on how wrestlers can If you do happen to get upset or offended, you can always leave me a voicemail on Anchor. You can always leave a comment on the squaredcirclepodcast.substack.com newsletter. You could always leave me a tweet on Twitter. It's as simple as that. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and my takes on the matches and the psychology and the character breakdown. Again, you guys will hear me when I talk about AEW Dynamite. For now, please make sure to subscribe to the newsletter to hear it first. Squaredcirclepodcast.substack.com. The second thing, too, is to go to my Twitter, at Marie underscore Shadows, so that way you know where it will be posted up on Anchor. I'm also on Anchor, anchor.fm forward slash Podcast. And from there, you can listen to it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And sharing goes a long way. Comments go a long way. Minimal support that is free and easy goes a long way. And I highly respect everyone that has either retweeted me, shared me, comment, talked with me, and enjoyed my episode podcast. Until next time, I'll see you guys in the next episode.